the What the Fun Show. Today we are reviewing Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power, Episode 7. My name is Mike, and with me are my co-hosts, Joe. How you doing today, Joe? I'm doing much better than I was last time. I'm far less sick. Yeah, it's good to hear that you're not as sick. And Justin, how goes it? It goes okay. It does it, 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 does it okay. okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready for this uh, very interesting episode we got to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Very interested to hear my fellow companions here, uh, their review of The Eye, which is episode seven. But first, let me ask, can you leave a review for us? It would be so appreciated. Um, So if you're on Apple iTunes, go ahead and leave a review there. Let us know how we're doing. If you're on Spotify on the mobile app only, go ahead and click a star review on our podcast. Again, so appreciated. And um, I think I speak for both of my fellow gentlemen here. Share this podcast. Like, just share it out. Word to mouth is going to be the best way to help us grow this content Thank you so much for listening. So if you're hearing my voice, just just let one person know. That's your challenge this week. Let one person know about the What the Fun Network so that we could continue to grow our show. A little bit of uh, housekeeping as far as what we've been doing. We have Hocus Pocus. We have Halloween reviews. Um, when you're listening to this, uh, you will hear the next day will be a Halloween Kills review in anticipation of Halloween Ends. And then me and Justin are reviewing Halloween Ends next week. So stay tuned for that. Oh, man, so much spooky season. And um, we haven't planned anything after all the Halloween and spooky season. So uh, we're probably going to have a planning meeting here soon and let you guys know what we're going to be talking about here soon. So. Christmas. <laughs> but yeah, that's all we got. Let's get into the Rings of Power, Episode 7, The Eye. Um, so yeah, Joe, uh, Joe I, I want to hear your spoiler-free <laughs> review, patent pending, there's hair foots in this one. <laughs> We've got the hair foots. Hard. Yeah, not not hair foots, hard foot. Uh, okay. Patent pending, spoiler free review. If you're interested in Lord of the Rings, if you like the lore of Order the Lord of the Rings? Order the, the Rings. Lore Order of the of Phoenix Lord of Rings. Of the Rings. Uh, <laughs> don't come here. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, we've got hair foots. We've got humans. We've got Helves and Hadorves. They're all here. They came back for the party. Watch it. All right, Huston. How did you like this episode? <laughs> uh I was I was interested. Uh it, it is an interesting one for sure. Very interesting in many different ways. Uh the things that really interest me it's about interesting? it uh were, <laughs> no. were many of things. Uh if you like Lord of the Rings, uh, I know Joe mentioned a lot of different things that are in this episode that are interesting. But mine, uh, you got to see Broadsword again or Hardsword again. Uh, she was in it for a little bit uh, and uh, glad to see her. Uh, also, uh, we we had some big baddies uh, kind of revealed, uh, you know, not going to spoil any names, but uh, big baddie, big horrific baddie uh, who's interesting. And uh, I can't wait to talk about this interesting episode with you guys. And hopefully you guys are as interested as I am in this interesting episode. A lot of interest there. Interestingly enough, I enjoyed this episode as well. Um, this was a total Joe episode. I was watching and I was just like, 
man, Joe Good will love this episode because there's it was it was very there's, good. There's no action whatsoever. Um, Whoa! Expos- Whoa. <laughs> I mean, a barely. little bit. Barely, okay. Um, there's uh, exposition. There's character development. There's growth. Um, overall, this was a good episode. It was. It's very interesting coming off the for me at least the high of episode six, um, going into the incredibly interesting episode seven. Uh, but <clears throat> I'm interested to talk about some of the spoilery stuff. So let's get I into it. I am losing interest would you, so quickly. Uh, would you say you're not interested anymore, Joe? <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. So let's stop using that word so Joe doesn't. Um, In the interest of time. <laughs> wow, I'm sorry, okay. listeners. All right. Uh, yes, very sorry. But if you're still here, <laughs> consider this your official spoiler warning. Hey, you. What are you doing? Who, me? Do you want to be spoiled? No? Well, then. Stop it. Get some help. So you don't feel like this guy. Instead, let it be a surprise. I like surprises. So go watch the thing before you move on in the podcast, okay? Alrighty then. Okay, gentlemen, let's get into it. That was our listeners' official spoiler warning, so we are in spoiler territory. So, surviving villagers... There's a bat. The... There's that a That's my spoiler. A bat. A batty. A bat. <laughs> okay. Can I talk? Um, surviving villagers flee the burning uh, Turhurad. Um, sorry if I mispronounced that. And it starts off... Um, Ashy. You know... Uh, yeah, a, a little bit. Um, so they are uh, all ashified in the um, <laughs> aftermath of the volcano erupting. And you sort of have this like, Justin, maybe, I'm, I'm going to kick it to you here because cinematography wise, it's like this red hue that they use throughout this whole opening stuff. Yeah, uh, definitely uh, epicness. That's the best word to put it. Epicness to the calamity of the Mount Doom or the volcano erupting. Uh, this was really good to really show the scene of, of what these characters are dealing with in the now. And because of this terrible calamity that happened, they have to really fight their way through the environment as well as their own emotions. Uh, one of the big part of this big, biggest parts of this that really showed the epicness is Ghost Rider's horse showing up. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw it, but there was a burning horse running through, uh, gruesome, but awesome at the same time. Flanks were on fire. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. It was, it was very, uh, drama filled. I think it was extremely dramatic. Um, just seeing these, uh, seeing, seeing the folks like trying to survive. Um, and so Joe, uh, you know, there is there is a point where they're trying to find everybody. Uh, yes. You have you have Muriel, um, who King Muriel, you know, Regent, sorry, Regent Muriel. She is um, with uh, Isildur's friend. Uh, well, it, it, with Isildur, really. And then they have to lift up a, a building basically to to get uh, his friend out. I forget his name. Um, or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Uh, he looks like... Um, the rock from uh, Moana, um, <laughs> just a little bit. 
see that? I can see that. Yeah, or maybe a young rock, something like that. I forget his name in the Or the kid from High School Musical. Oh, yeah, that too. Uh, yeah, Corbin Blue. Corbin Blue, sure. Um, anyway, we have so <laughs> my many knowledge, My knowledge has gone past me on that. I haven't <laughs> watched any of them, so. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, they save him, and then they go into a burning building to save others, to save uh, injured folk, to save kids, and what happens, yep. Joe? Uh, well, the building collapses. Uh, but this is film and TV, so if there is no body, there is no death. Uh, <laughs> also, it's Isildur, so we know he didn't die. Uh, let's be real here. Uh, but it is suspected that Isildur dies saving other people. He dies a hero's death. Uh, it was a great scene, right? I mean, they go in uh, very emotionally, like just pulling on your heartstrings of, Will he save them? Will they get out? Will he get his best friend out from under the thing? Uh, and then, yeah, in the end, he's trapped in this burning building as it collapses on top of him. Uh, how he gets out of that, I'm excited to find out, which hopefully yeah. we'll find out in the next episode. Uh, if not, we're going to wait an entire season to see how Isildur escapes the burning building, uh, which would be wild. Yeah. And what a cliffhanger to leave us on mm-hmm. an episode before the finale. Like, that would be really good storytelling, in my yeah. opinion. Uh, but yeah, this is really well done. Um, I think it shows the gravity of the situation they're in. They did a really good job showing all of the, like the death and dismemberment, the fact that people were truly hurting and absolutely messed up from a volcano exploding really close to them. Uh, the pyroclastic cloud kind of enveloping them and, uh, you know, burning people and they had just fought a battle right, right before that. So they're already hurting. From yeah, the they're already the down for the count a little bit, and then they got to deal with this like natural disaster and this volcano erupting. Yeah, I think um, I think it was a great way to start the episode, yeah. like literally with a bang. Um, and also, uh, you know, Justin uh, Regent Muriel, she loses her eyesight uh, yeah. from the from the burning Spoiler. fire. They yeah, find. yeah, they she kind of she kind of gets a little too close and uh, gets some fire in her eyes, <laughs> uh, turns into Daredevil almost instantly. Uh, yeah. I'm I mean, glad you made the reference. I don't. I don't know if she'll have uh, supernatural powers like uh, Daredevil, but there's a possibility. You never know. I mean, right. so like, come to. I'm gonna bring in another pop culture reference. Um, her outfit later on in the episode when she has that red bandana over <coughs> her eyes reminds me of Kenshi from Mortal mm. Kombat. Like mm. that sort of garb and the and the thing. I thought it was. I thought. You know, we we talk about how everything like you know, covered in ash at the beginning and stuff like that. The, I don't think we've really ever talked about that, talked about it here in our reviews, but the costume design that they have in this show is top notch. Like oh, just costume and from, set piece. Yeah. Yeah. Co- costume set pieces from top to bottom, top notch. I um, did have a continuity <clears throat> issue though with the ash because when, when we started that opening scene, everyone was covered. I mean, freaking caked in ash. Oh, yeah. And as caked. soon as they hit that forest, where'd the ash go? And why was their armor so shiny? Like, it wasn't <laughs> even dingy. Like, it was just gone. They were, like, all clean. It's like they had walked through a waterfall or something. I'm like, hmm, that's a little sus. Like, they were all, like, way too clean before they hit the encampment. I mean, uh, did you? so did you have a problem with that in Obi-Wan when he's literally swimming underwater and he's dry in the next scene? <laughs> Yes. 
Yeah. Okay. Cool. I, I just at think least, that at least you're consistent. Uh, they were really trying to get out of that town and that area very quickly. So riding horse or or getting out as quick as possible, and all that wind obviously could clear off a lot of ash. Uh, for the most it would part, blow off a good amount. Yeah. yeah. Not not all of it. All of it. Yeah. No. The the and armor for sure. Were a little yeah. clean. I hear you there. Okay, so yeah. Ash Ketchum is uh, trying <laughs> to catch them all, um, and we move on. Uh, so Galadriel ends up um, <clears throat> finding and separated, and he, yeah. she is taking care of, uh, what's his name? Dirtbag. <laughs> That's Helmet. not his Helmet name. Head. <laughs> Theo? Bullcat. Not his name. Theo. Thank you, Justin. <laughs> My oh, I knew a name. <laughs> you did. <laughs> um, so Galadriel, uh, Galadriel is kind of uh, separated from the pack, like you said, Joe, and she finds Theo. And I really, I actually really enjoyed their character development together. Like I thought it was I thought it was good that how they played off each other and sort of the story beats that they hit, you know, Theo sort of putting all the blame of this like mountainous eruption on his shoulders. Um, Mm -hmm. Did you like Theo's character here, Justin? I did. Uh, This, this situation is one that I kind of hinted at before. Galadriel uh, said something a while back long ago uh, about how uh, you have to touch darkness before you can touch the light. Uh, I'm paraphrasing, but very similar. And this is a perfect place for her to really lay that into Theo and kind of take that weight off of his shoulders and make him feel like it's not the end of the world and you didn't, you are not the sole causer of this. Uh, very beneficial mm-hmm. character development for Theo is always good. We're kind of like still on the fence with him. Could go either way. And I'm I'm down with that, you know, even if he does yeah. decide to go to the dark route. Joe, we know Galadriel's not really your favorite character, um, but what did you think of this sort of uh, impact that uh, they had on each other? It made me like it a little bit more, uh, but I thought it was super hokey, right? The storyline is is hokey. I am not a fan of Theo's character either, so putting the two people that I like the least together for a bonding moment in the show was, uh, for me, it was like, eh. Um, but two negatives but make think- a positive. Mm. this is in science class um so that would be math my friend well <laughs> oh we're not talking about neutrons uh, oh yeah no my i bad. was talking about addition <laughs> uh but this episode's I, off the rails i thought it was necessary that would have been uh, right they, they yeah he was right <laughs> for math anyways uh I thought it was necessary for them. I, so let's I start this uh, segment over. So Ash Ketchum. I think Ketchum. it was for a reason. Uh, but I think it was important that they had this experience where she could share, hey, you're not the only one. You're not alone. I've been there too. I understand what you're going through. Uh, I've been alive for thousands of years longer than you. Trust me, I understand better uh, and learn from me. Uh, it was a needed moment, but. It was hokey, right? We we saw we all saw it coming. Everyone could have guessed that this was going to happen. Uh, doesn't make me like Theo anymore. I really don't like his character. Uh, helped a little bit with her though, because it made her look more like human and understanding instead of just a vengeful kind of like wretch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. I I agree. Also, it gave uh, an option here, a, a situation that we weren't really expecting in my mind, because we've got Galadriel that lost someone she loved, her brother. And then we've also got Theo under under the wing here, kind of lost her mom or lost his mom. Don't know for sure, but 
know that she's missing and having that same remorse and grief uh similarities there with those characters definitely putting them together is only going to bond it's going to make a good 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 story you know and and i agree with you on that justin and it's also clear that he um thinks that he's lost uh Arn Deer as well you know i think he's truly seeing this elf as um a very good influence in his life um in a little bit and i know joe you don't like that but it, it works for storytelling you just gotta get over it okay i love good storytelling <clears throat> i don't think this is good storytelling that's that's my beef with that's it. an opinion I will, I will disagree um i know, I know. that's right. why i'm on here so, i'm on here to um, be the dissenting opinion here yeah yeah <laughs> all right we're not going to finish with galadriel's story just yet let's let's switch on over to the harfoot so elsewhere nori's caravan finds their destination grove has been destroyed by the eruption of Orodrian. Uh, the strangers, the stranger does attempt to mend a tree, and it appears to fail. And then he ends up leaving. So this was a this is a very interesting, tense scene. You kind of have the stranger doing his thing again, where he's just like kind of tranced, doing his like spells and stuff. And the Harfoots are like, "What is this human on?" <laughs> and uh, a tree falls down and almost kills, uh, almost Nori. really hurts uh, Nori's sister. So, yeah. um, but Nori does jump in the way. So, Joe, this this scene is really really tense. What did you think about uh, the stranger here? I thought this was good storytelling. Uh, <laughs> okay. No, I enjoyed it. I uh, I really like the scene. Uh, we get another uh, instance where we have the stranger. Uh, performing some magic we know that his magic has costs and consequences uh so far every time that he's done something there's been an immediate consequence reaction to that magic uh first with the fireflies second with nori and the ice uh and now this is the third instance where we're seeing uh someone kind of get close to harm uh right nori was fine when her arm got frozen and she got shot back like the shockwave uh the fireflies died but this one, uh, Nori jumps and pulls her sister down so the Widowmaker doesn't smash him. Uh, and we think originally, you know, oh no, it didn't work. He almost killed someone. And it's the same thing the Harfoots are thinking, like, this guy's dangerous. Let's, uh, let's kind of get him away from here so that we're safe and we don't have to worry. And then, shocker, next day, turns out he's actually pretty good at what he does. Yeah. Um, so, Justin, they, they actually send him away. Um Nori does uh, give him an apple uh, to leave, but the Harfords kind of are ready to get rid of the stranger. They they seem to be ready to be rid of this potential harmful uh, person in their in their posse. I would say. And what did you think of sort of the you know the, the sending away of the stranger, and then obviously subsequently the the grove being filled with apples. You know. Uh, the stranger was obviously trying to fix things. We we know that. We can see that. Uh, he was upset easily. Uh, and the Harfoots just want to be, they want to feel safe. They don't want to be in danger. They they want to do what they know. And getting him out of there is one of the easiest ways to do that. He has a mission, and and I forget the seer's name, obviously. Uh, but the- uh, Sadok. Uh, Sadok. He, he knows of that mission, and that's what he uses to kind of send him along on its ways like you should be able to find your your constellation if you continue this way yeah. uh which really works for him uh the whole apple thing i don't know if i liked that with nori handing the apple i don't know 
that was just me. The symbolism of it just didn't hit with me. Uh, as for the spell or the magic he tries to do on the tree, this is a hot take here, but I know physically we've we've said he does show similarities to Gandalf, but due to the fact that he's doing magic a lot of the time with animals or with plants, he might be Radagast. Radagast the brown? He's too tall. I know. That's what I'm saying. Physically, he looks like Gandalf, but Radagast could have been shrunk. You don't know. Maybe the magic has a cost and it's mm. his height. I don't know. Maybe. Could be anything. I... It could be a possibility based on the magic alone, based on what he's talking to, how he feels about nature. Uh, there are a lot of similarities there that Radagast shares. So, I, Although I agree that there are similarities, I think that Radagast is a slightly obscure character from the Hobbit to bring into this fan, this world. Um, I, it, 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 it's a potential. I think it's pretty slim. Um, I would probably lean about like 90% Gandalf at this point and 10% Radagast. But I agree with you that there's, there is some possibility that it could, could be that, but I think his stature and, you know, we see Gandalf work with, with plants and, and animals too, um, in the original trilogy. Um, but I just don't see it, especially, especially since Radagast is, he's a created character for the Hobbit. He's not, he's not in the books. So I just, no, I just don't. He, he's one of the original wizards. Oh, he is? Yeah. Okay. Well, his, there's, uh, pr- there's his, five. His presence in The Hobbit is probably more um, <laughs> more yes. than the book, I would say. Um, okay. Um, so now yeah, that I don't I've, think he was uh, in the book at all. I just know he's one of the wizards from existence. Oh, he's not in the book at all? So I was right. But I'm not. But he's he's not a created character. Right. Like, Solely for The Hobbit. Yeah. yeah, he just happens to be one of the wizards not really mentioned in the stories unless you're a nerd who reads encyclopedias. Okay, cool. Um, so yeah, the next day the entire grove has regrown. While the Harfoots rejoice, they encounter a mysterious trio who are in search of the stranger. Yikes. These these guys are <laughs> I mean Spooky they, season. I would I would say that they probably have the same powers and they're of the same like, you know, race as as the stranger, but like the stranger's powers are just not as realized, right? Like would you uh, maybe that's that's where I'm going with that. Um because these guys are terrifying. Um Joe, I like their characters. I'm excited to find out who they are. Uh obviously they do it on purpose, like to keep us in the dark about who these characters are we get a very small scene with them we get a glimpse at the power that they have which is substantial to say the least uh they have the ability to it looks like teleport uh definitely control fire and maybe other stuff Uh, i'm excited to see more of these characters hopefully in the next episode uh and who they might be Uh, i would put them as sorcerers sorceresses whatever they are uh gender wise doesn't really matter but quick quick take joe um because i'm just thinking about all these story threads that we how long do you think episode eight's gonna be i hope an hour and a half hour and a half i would say i would say like 80 minutes 80 minutes okay yeah i think it's gonna be the longest out of any they they have so many things that i think they need to tie up or set up five more seasons for the final season I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like they, they still have so many things to kind of tie up or set up 
um, you know, for the, for the following season. So, but yeah, you like those characters, Justin, do you, do you like them as the cov- well? The what? coven of magical beings. Uh, I like them. Uh, I wouldn't say teleport. But the Sanderson sisters? <laughs> no, not them. Uh, these ones are not comical. These are very terrifying. Uh, I do. I wouldn't say teleport, Joe. I would say Batman Vanish is better for it. Uh, I really think they <laughs> have the skill. Bomb and just like boom. Uh, well, well like disapparated. the camera will go one way and then come back to them slightly later and they'll just be missing from the camera. Uh, oh, so Jim Jim Gordon would hate these three yes, too. <laughs> where did you go? Uh, yeah, like you can't see me. Uh, I, I feel like their power is unmatched right now. Uh, for magical yeah. beings in the show, they are up there yep. to the brim of power control and and how how much they have to use uh, we see just a glimpse like joe said they they touch the top of a torch and blow the ash and fire and engulf the entire camp of these harfoots it's terrifying. i was so sad i was so sad like <laughs> but these get, these harfoots traveled so long but you did get <laughs> some hilarious quotes during that time um from nori's father yes uh, she was, he was like, don't you touch a hair on her foot or something. Like that. <laughs> That's exactly great. what he said. Yeah, it was great. Uh, <laughs> it little was really jokes good. here and there. Like he's standing his ground against these mystical beings. He has nothing, no, 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 know about. Uh, and they don't have the stranger there to help. So obviously yeah. they're like, we know who you're looking for. He went that way because they did walk up to the tree that he touched. And like Joe alluded to. The power did work. A flower did sprout from the tree and start to engulf the grove uh, slowly. So you've got not the not the flower itself, but like the healing process, the growth. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> just want to make that clear. This isn't Jumanji. Overnight. Uh, yeah. Uh, so you've got them searching out a simple power uh, that they know. And they they're I don't know if they're against. We don't know yet. They seem a little evil. They seem a little like on the dark side. We'll find out. But they are awesome, awesome characters. I love this witchy, coven, yeah. magical beings that we've got introduced to this episode. Yeah, and you know that I I really agree with you in the fact that these these three really seem to be the biggest threat, in my opinion. Like as of right Adar, now, Adar Adar is like, I mean, he's he's dealable, right? Like you can deal with him um, in you know, in the ways that I could foresee. Are but like you these, saying he's an angry elf? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, but, but these three, like you just, you just don't know. You don't know their purpose. You don't know their motives. Um, And yet they have that power and it doesn't seem like there's another magical being because, because the stranger, he is a magical being, but he doesn't know what he's doing. Like, in you know, for the most part, his power is not fully, fully known yet. So, yeah, we'll we'll certainly see where that that comes to play. I'm, I'm really wondering, and I don't I don't think it's going to happen. But I don't I don't see the the storylines intertwining just yet in this finale coming up next week. Like I don't. No shot. I don't see the stranger like meeting up with Galadriel or anything like that. You know, like I just think they're too far apart at this point. Um, and so I'm, I'm really interested to see how these stories do weave in the following season. Cause I don't, I don't think it's happening next week. You know, can't be too far away from the Harfoots because the Harfoots did get, you know, impact from the mountain or the, the volcano exploding. They did see yeah. um, signs that something terrible has happened. 
So they can't be too far because you don't see it like hitting the yeah. Shire and stuff like that, like on the left side of the map. The they're, de- um, they're definitely over, you know, on the right, right side of the map for sure. Yeah. And so they do, you know, the, the Harfoots, I believe it's Sadok, um, Nori, Nori's friend and Nori's mom or dad or something like that. They do set off to warn the stranger about these three beings. So, all right. Um, I want to end with the Elrond and Durin you stuff. Just, so you just barely touched on it. They're going on an adventure. This is the first big Hobbit adventure. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. This yeah. one was a big slightly deal. expected, um, <laughs> <laughs> though. Um, okay. Um, so let's let's go back to Galadriel because I, I want to save Elrond and Durin's story for for the end. So Galadriel does escort a wounded. Who? Galadriel. Um, So Galadriel and uh, Theo, they end up getting back into the encampment of the Numenorians, and they come to find out that Albrand is alive, that Bronwyn's alive, that Arndir is alive. All these characters that you know. Well, Arndir makes like uh, an uh, amazing like show up, just like. I'm still here. Like I was like, this is not that kind of show, but sure. You can make an entrance like that if you really want to. I think it was okay. Yeah, Um, it was fine. No weight though. Um, I think there was a little weight. Um, (laughs) then, and that's, you cut me off before I was going to say, I had more, all these characters coming back. Two thirds of us are happy about it. <laughs> uh, I I just want to say I had more yep. weight to seeing that the horse with the slash was still alive than our deer walking into the scene. Uh, I don't know why, but that's how it was for me. Maybe I'm Radagast. I, don't I know. will hard disagree. Maybe you're Radagast. <laughs> well, the horse has a connection with Isildur. Yeah. So it had to be there. And yeah. they set it free so it could go rescue Isildur from the fire. The, well, the, yeah. well I mean, probably yeah. not still fire. There's that weight there. Yeah. But our deer just walks in and it's just like. No one was looking for me, but I'm still here. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Galadriel is going to escort Albrand to uh, to the El- Elvish country. I forget what it's called. <laughs> um, to the king to kind of talk about uh, getting any support for episode eight or seasons coming. Um, but also Galadriel does meet with Muriel, uh, Regent Muriel, and she is blind. Mm-hmm. Um, she now has that really cool garb on. You know, she has the the... Uh, the bandana around a scarf her. over her eyes, yeah. Eyes, yeah. There a red go. scarf. A red, yeah. Just like Kenshi. That's why I got those Kenshi vibes. But she's probably not as cool as Kenshi. Anyway, um, she not. does promise uh, Galadriel that although the Numenorians are leaving, that they will be back, and that really sets uh, that really sets the captain off because the captain is like, "We've gone through all of this. My son is dead." presumably, and you want to come back for this elf? Like, what is going on here, Justin? I'm down. I like it. Uh, She's blind. (laughs) Think of this. She's blind. Okay, She lost her eyes, right? She still wants to come back. She still has her eyes. She just can't see. (laughs) Okay. So, like, yeah, you know, know, uh, sure. But, like, she is at a huge disadvantage in battle from this point forward. Huge, huge. And she still wants to come back. I have a feeling she won't see much battle. <laughs> she might be moving the pawns. Um, and 
I'm sorry. I had to. I like her uh, character as the regent. I think she's made a turn. At first, I was like, ew, this is a terrible character. I hate her. And she made a turn with that character development that made me love her. So I'm down uh, for, you know, her charismatic journey to come back and to make that promise and hopefully uphold it. I'm excited to see Captain Crybaby some more. Captain Crybaby? Yeah, he's all sad his son is dead, but we know he's not. So it's like, well, whatever. Horse was, he's all, the horse really he's all wanted to run. Yeah, I mean, the way, that, we, the way that he... The way that he like kind of portrayed his like his sorrow though was like really good. Like he he extended himself away from the group. He relieved himself, and he just he did not respond. Like, and obviously Muriel can't see, so him not responding just she has this idea probably that he's not behind you know her mm-hmm. anymore. Like he's just gone. Um, and so we'll see how we'll see how that plays out because. I don't I don't know if we I don't know if we're going to see the Numenorians in in this next episode. Um I I don't know. Um we'll we'll see what happens with Galadriel and Albrand as they go back to uh the Elvish Kingdom and you know to get some Elvish medicine for his wound, you know. So I don't I don't know if we'll see some of these characters besides Isildur in in episode 8. Um I'm not sure. So I All think right. we'll see them on boats again. <clears throat> Maybe on boats, but like I'm just, not, I'm just, not in a true impactful way. I'm hoping that with Isildur, when the horse finally shows up, uh, we don't have a, uh, I know Joe's going to favor for this. I hope we don't have an Aragorn-like dream that wakes him up and it's just the horse going to bring him back uh, to life. I mean, I, as long as it's not an Aragorn-like dream, but the horse can bring him back. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I'm down with that. Like, the, that's what you said should have happened. As far as we know, he doesn't have any love interests just yet. It's just going to be Galadriel right It's going to be Yeah, Galadriel. I saw her that one time. It's just going to be some just, like, random elf that he's never met. <laughs> It'll be Arwen from the future. Uh, right. Surprising <laughs> the role? I'm down. <clears throat> anyway. Um, Liv Tyler. Get her back in here. I'm game. Okay. So yeah, that, that's the end of that uh, journey. So let's get over to Elrond and Wait, we didn't talk about the sword. You guys like Theo so much. He got a sword. He's now the boy who could. So let's talk about Elrond and uh, Durin. Um, meanwhile, in Casa Doom, Elrond offers a deal for the dwarvish Mithril, but King Durin the Third declines, saying that the Elven Age has ended. And holy cow, there was some weight to those words because he's he's legitimately saying, "We don't need this race anymore in the world." Yeah, he said was, he said a, he said some line about how uh, the the lives and future of elves were determined by someone far above or some people far above uh, before our time. So it's it's really just he's playing the cards that were already dealt to him and keeping it true to the prophecy in a way. Uh, that he's been told. I mean, I don't know if it's just like a prophecy, but I mean, just like his belief of like a higher power, so to speak, that has mm-hmm. determined the elves path. Um, there's a lot of weight to these words here, Joe, right? Uh, absolutely. Uh, I didn't take it quite so far <laughs> as you uh, like the elves still, they could still reproduce, but this whole eternal, uh, you know, not dying, living thousands of years, like, you mean light candles, right? 
Exactly right. Uh, I've that bit is going to be over. They're going to live normal length lives. They'll they'll have to learn what it's like to age and grow old and die. Um, but he doesn't really. It doesn't seem like he cares very much for elves. Uh, so apparently he was wronged in the past and he's hurt by it and he still hasn't gotten over it because he just can't. And he's old and crotchety. Uh, this is King Durin the third. Yep. Uh, the, the dad, Daddy Durin. And uh, yeah, we we watch him absolutely say no, turn his back, and say, "Yeah, I don't really care." Even definitely so. sounds like a Hobbit through line. Kind of the old gaffer. Yeah. Who knows? Um, but <clears throat> excuse me. Um. So yeah, I mean that you know he straight up tells Elrond that he's not going to help. Um, Elrond is certainly dismayed at that. Um, and especially Durin. Uh. Prince Durin is very, very dismayed and very distraught about his father's decision there. Um, Elrond is going to be departing. Prince Durin is talking with his wife, um, and then Elrond shows up, and they're just talking about how King Durin does does not want to help. Um, he does not. He doesn't want to sacrifice his um, his family. His his dwarven kingdom over over elves, and so. Prince Durin does tell Elrond that, and I think Elrond certainly does take this with with a lot of grace, um, and you know some forgiveness as well. That despite that his his sort of Elven kingdom is in the hands of the dwarves right now, he's I don't know if he's at peace with the decision, but I know that he's you know he's he's content at least with bringing that news back to his king. Yeah, Justin? he accepts it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, if we take it back to episode two, when we first met these characters, uh, Durin was not very fond of him. And uh, now he's af- offering him to stay for dinner. And like, would you at least, you know, grace me with staying for dinner? Uh, their friendship has grown so much. This character ve- development through these five episodes have grown so much. Uh, and I love this. This this is probably one of my favorite relationships in the entire the entire show so far. Is Durin the and Elrond. Uh, and I also like that this also cemented my view of Elrond. Uh, the way that he reacted to things. He did a great job acting yet again. Uh, he he held those weight, the weight and the grace and the friendship in those words and actions. And I really like that a lot. Uh, I still think he's a great character. Joe? Uh, saw that one coming. I <laughs> am liking Elrond more and more. Uh, I think that I think that he's true to who his character should be uh, Mm -hmm. diplomatic understanding uh, kind of a patient and like overall pretty humble and understanding like his position kind of guy. And so he accepts with humility that, okay, they said no, I can I can accept that. Uh, and then turn of events, Diza can't, which I thought was great. Um, yeah, but Mm -hmm. Elrond does a, does a really good job accepting, okay, this is what it is. We can't force them. Uh, the best I can do is diplomacy. I did my part. I talked, I tried, uh, I meant everything I said and they said, no. Okay. And he's going to go back to Gilgalad and, uh, let him know the news. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, uh, there was a turn of events. Yeah. You know, so what happens is, oh, go ahead, Justin. Also, uh, this isn't just leaving this dwarven city back 
going back with the elves, this is probably going to be a final, like, he's going to leave Middle Earth, in my opinion. Uh, so this is probably like Durin's attempt at trying to be the best yeah, friend he point. can at this time because he knows he might never see him again. And he does consider him a good friend. I didn't, yeah. I didn't think about it like that. I think it's a fair like point though. Um, yeah. You know, I think that, yeah, I mean, I think Elrond can, you know, he, he could take this news to heart, go back to his kingdom, go back to Gal Galad, and then go over to Valinor. Like, I mean, that's, a, that's certainly a possibility. I, I think that's, yeah. Um, but anyway, Joe said that there's a turn of events. Prince Durin witnesses Mithril's ability to cure the elven blight in a leaf. So the leaf that they brought from, uh, you know, from Elendil. Elendil. Um, thank you, Joe. The leaf that they brought had this blight on it and, uh, a, a little stone of mithril was put next to it and it cures the leaf of that. And so Durin's like, I'm super sad. I see this. Elrond, get back here. And <laughs> we're, we're ready to go. Um, so he's just like, I, I love this defiance to his father over a friendship. And what's really cool about it is that, <clears throat> <laughs> wait, you didn't, you didn't like it. I, I think that like, I really think that Durin just has a higher quality of, uh, you know, discernment and like. Yes. When you phrase it like that, I like it. But when you say, oh, my son defied me to hang out with his buddy, it just sounds kind of bad. <laughs> well, okay, well, you got to think you about it. Point. You got to think about it as King Durin the third here is is trying to save the dwarves and make the dwarves last long as they can, as long as they can. Uh, and that he knows mm. that the elves are going to eventually end. Uh, so this is really uh, Durin, our le- our main character here, deciding is the good outweighing the bad? Is the powers of the mithril healing and helping better than defying my father and possibly destroying my race of dwarves? Like this is really the weight on his shoulders and he decides Elrond is the right choice and to go yeah. with Elrond and heal. Okay, so he does bring Elrond back and they begin to mine for the ore themselves. So they, you know, they are down in the pit. Um, uh, again, just another sort of nod to the relationship that you have with Legolas and Gimli. They're like, they're chumming it up. They're, they're making jokes at each other. Elrond hints that at the very beginning, the first episode that he, or maybe the second episode that he faked being winded in the stone breaking contest. Um, Mm -hmm. so I thought that was really fun. I just love these guys relationship. It's, it's literally the best in the show. Um, but yeah, Joe, uh, he strikes a large mithril vein and King Durin arrives behind them. Uh, yeah, that was fun. This is one of those, uh, those, Oh, they're your daddy's behind you reveal, uh, which, which I thought was entertaining. I thought it was good for the story right there. Uh, but, uh, yeah, what ensues is like a really great scene. I really liked this scene over the first one. Uh, so when he's confronted by his father and they have the talk, you know, the talk, the serious talk about, you know, who he is and what's important in life and all this stuff. And, uh, Durin standing up to King Durin, Prince Durin versus King Durin. And he stands up and he explains like, Hey, maybe you're too close to the situation. Maybe you need to take a step back and look at it as a whole. 
I think that you're you're narrow-minded. You can't see everything here. You need to look at the big picture and understand that it's not just about us. We have to care about other people. Uh, and in that sense, when you said before that he, you know, he's not just hanging out with his buddy, like, right? He's not yeah. defying his father just to hang out with his friend. He's defying his father to potentially save a race of beings who should be here on Middle Earth. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, this scene was was very good for me. Yeah. Uh, loved it. Loved the the weight that it held and carried. And I loved that it's like where it will possibly lead. I love that it opened up possibilities mm-hmm. uh, that we kind of will get to see hopefully in the next uh, few seasons of what this relationship and what this uh, evolution of the dwarves will look like. Just well, let me let me touch on the uh, the friendship between Durin and Elrond a little bit while they were digging. Uh, one thing that happened was uh, Durin was digging and uh, there was kind of like a lot of smoke and and the mountain was kind of and the in the possibility of caving in. And Elrond's the one who says you got to let the mountain rest. Uh, he he mm-hmm. was the one who told the dwarf how to dig, even though the dwarf knew how to <laughs> dig. Uh, it was funny and also showed that Elrond actually cares about dwarven skills. Uh, yeah. Then we got the breakthrough to this uh, vein of Mithril, uh, which we don't see as a viewer right away. We just see the reaction on Durin's face and Elrond's face. And then cinematography takes over and we get a pan through the hole, backing up and showing the vein. Really well done showing the beauty of what they just discovered and why they were so it was so impactful for Durin to even see. Uh, very beneficial. Then moving ahead also to the Durin the third uh, King Durin's argument with his, his son. Wait, very much wait. Uh, Joe's right. The power that it holds uh, ending in Elrond getting kicked out. Uh, it was uh, interesting to see his turn of let's get this problem out of here just like the Harfuts did with the stranger. Uh, a very similar-esque thing happened. Elrond was thrown out with his bags, luckily, without leaving his stuff. And uh, Durin <laughs> remains inside to talk with his father again. Uh, also really well done. Uh, I don't know if we touched on... We didn't touch on the second talk with the father yet. But this one is... Yeah, that's you know, what Joe's talking about. That's where he jumped all the way there? Yeah. Yeah, he did. I did. <laughs> very good. Uh, defiance at its greatest, talking to his father about... Uh, you know, what he believes should be done and why Elrond is so important. You know, he's a friend. Uh, and yeah. that's, that's huge. You know, talking I mean, to your uh, father and defying him like that right to his face uh, shows nobility. Uh, it, yeah. It's not just the defiance of doing something that you were told not to. It is defending that and reasoning why. Well, yeah, better. I mean, it's it's literally just Durin sees what is right. And what is right is saving a friend like what is right is being there for your friend um mm-hmm. you know Dern sees what is right from his point of view we have to be very specific here because what is right i don't think is what Duran sees i think that and this is just me guessing i think that king Duran knew about this substance i think that king Duran also knew or knows about what could be down there inside where the mithril is I think that that's why he was so adamant that we're not going to do that. I think that's why he was so adamant that this is where we stop. This is where the line is. Mm -hmm. And when, when Prince Durin went past that, Prince Durin sees it from his point of view. 
I'm looking out for the honor of my brother. And he, he calls him that. He says, it's as if uh, he was carried in my mother's womb, which is the thing that upset <laughs> King Durin the most. Uh, enough to disinherit Pr- Prince Durin. Yeah. Uh, but it's that that Prince Durin sees that he's protecting the honor of his friend and trying to save a race of people. And I think that he doesn't have the full story. Mm-hmm. But from his point of view, 100%, I think that he thinks he's 100% right and he's doing the absolute right thing, protecting the honor of his friend and trying to save a race of people. I will. From one point of view. I will push back slightly. I think it is always the right thing to stand up for your friends in the, in the face of adversity. Um, and so I, I think that Prince Durin is in the right. I did not even think about the angle that maybe King Durin the third knows that the Balrog is down he, there. He, and so whoa. let's get into it. Oh, he does actually. And in, in my opinion, I remember them specifically talking about how evil lies deep within the mountain. And that's why they, they keep all these, like ways they dig and and they keep note of how they do things because they're very cautious because they know that something is down there. I remember hearing something early in the show. I'm going to have to look back and make sure, but I'm pretty sure King Duran does know that there's evil down there. Yeah. Uh, I for mean, sure. but, but that also could have been just alluding to the, the evil that Mithril could bring and just like how powerful that substance is and who controls that substance, that is also what he could have been alluding to, in my opinion. Oh, but I'll yes, but yes, uh, King Durin drops that leaf that was healed down that hole, um, and it falls all the way down, and there is a Balrog that has awakened from the leaf. The Balrog. Falling down, the Balrog. The Balrog. Yeah. Well, the outline says a uh, Balrog, so that's why I just read that. Um. Anyway, I... Gotcha. Uh, introduction of him uh this balrog awesome really cool (laughs) um (laughs) so yeah i mean there's not much really to say go watch it in 4k um (laughs) you know just visually uh, when you got that pan earlier it was almost a tease that i was talking about with the showing the vein of mithril this follows the leaf all the way down hits the ground and then it engulfs itself in flame and you see the balrog reveal behind i'm hitting my camera uh, reveals the uh Balrog behind, which is cinematic glory. It is tip of the hat. Looks great. Watch it in the best quality you possibly can. If it's not 4K, it'll still look awesome because it still looks good. Uh, This was awesome. To see the Balrog Mm -hmm. for the first time chronologically uh, and know that he's always been there. (laughs) So um, I I really enjoyed this episode. And then... The last scene leaves a sour taste in my mouth. Um, so they go to, they, they pan over to Adar um, and he's looking over at the mountain. Um, and he is renaming this area as their own. And I thought it was the dumbest decision to spell it out for us. Like, why are you putting the Southlands and then just changing it to, Mordor like if okay. you were a Lord of the if you were a Lord of the Rings fan you you just assume and you just kind of know that this is Mordor I exactly. don't like the ch- exactly and that's why I think this held the weight is because you don't need to say its name we know its name to show it without saying I know, it holds more but weight I don't, than saying it they don't need to show case. it they don't need to show the change in the in the lettering they don't need to show the change because we know <laughs> I, I think it was beneficial to show 
the way that it changed, even with the lettering, held held weight because it burned away and it showed Mordor. Uh, I feel like I, it was it held it held weight for me. I liked it. I I did not like it. Joe? I think it was important for the the people who are watching who don't have any experience in Lord of the Rings. Who's watching this show that doesn't have experience with Lord of the Rings? Probably a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. I'd have to I'd have to assume tens of thousands, uh, if not yeah. hundreds. I yeah. don't. I don't think that's, you need to do that. That's why they've and, got the Thursday night football deal and they have the ads for Ring of Power during the Thursday night football deal because we're getting a bigger audience of people that never knew about Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I don't I don't think that you need to spell it out for anybody. Um <laughs> that's my opinion. I thought it was a poor choice. Anyway, um that is the end of the episode. Uh Joe, are you all in yet? No. Oh, I hate you. <laughs> So I'm close. highly oh, optimistic. I'm, I'm optimistic. Yeah. Okay. So far is it has been getting better each time. Like I said, I have my gripes with the episode. Uh, there are certain things that I wish they would do differently that I think would hold more weight and be a better story. But as a whole, I think it's an entertaining and very fun show uh, for the most part. So I'm optimistic for the show. And I think that people who only can see the bad are not actually giving it a fair shot. They're just like, Oh, this is not Tolkien. And it's like, okay, well, congratulations. They finally made something original for once, which is what we've been crying about for years. Can you please come up with something original? And the only thing they've taken is, okay, it happens in this place. And here's some characters that you might be familiar with. It's an original story. Like, let's be happy about that. And let's just see what they do with it. And so far, what they've done with it has been pretty good. I agree. Uh, so, uh, so much in agreement. except I'm still all in. Um, love this show. I'm not optimistic at all because I'm all in. I've already been there. I've been there, done that. Uh, Justin, are you still all in? I think that this episode was one of my lower ones. Uh, but to say, to be fair, uh, most of the episodes were amazing. Like, so that, that is saying mm-hmm. that it's, it's not very much far below the high point of most of these episodes, but it wasn't my favorite uh, by any means. Uh, it was a good episode. I, I would say great uh, for uh, for this episode. I'm still all in, obviously. Uh, that's what shows a good show. That's what shows a good show. That's what proves a show is good, is when you have lots of good stuff or great stuff, amazing stuff even, and one episode can't deter that because it keeps you in it even if the episode wasn't the best. Uh, unlike Halo, which you should avoid. Okay. <laughs> anyway, thank you everybody for listening to our review of episode seven, the eye in rings of power. If you have not already done so leave a review or a comment down below. Let us know what you thought of episode seven. If you're on YouTube, please hit that subscribe button. We're on the road to hundred subscribers. And until we see you again for the finale of Rings of Power, this has been the What the Fun Show. My season name is one. Mike. That is Justin. Yeah, season one. That's Joe. And we'll we'll see you later. Bye. Interesting. <laughs> Bye. That was very, very interesting. interesting.